Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Strange Familiars. <laughs> I can start it over. I think we should. <laughs> All right, go ahead and start it. You start it. Okay. Like, people need that consistency. I'm leaving that part in. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange or unusual... Other than the same family members you've seen for the last month. <laughs> something paranormal, a cryptid, a UFO, a ghost story, and you want to share your story on the podcast, you can email us. Strange Familiars Podcast at gmail.com. Fun fact, or question rather, do you need to socially distance from ghosts in your house? No. Okay. Ghosts, know. you can interact with ghosts. The aliens have the cure for <laughs> COVID 19, mm-hmm. and uh, Bigfoot can't get it. Because he already had it, and he has a certain amount of herd immunity because yes. it's a very small herd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is it a herd of Bigfoot? No. I don't know what the collective noun for Bigfoot is. I did, however, establish the collective noun for albatwitches. What is it? It is a whistle of albatwitches. Oh. I coined that term, and forever that shall be what it is. So last week we essentially did three episodes, like two patron episodes and the regular episode, and I wanted to do two episodes for everybody as well, and I wanted to do that this week, but I kind of aggravated a repetitive strain issue that I have from editing podcasts, essentially. <laughs> so 
I had to pull back. So this week we're doing one episode. We're going to try to get back to doing more content for everybody during the sequester. We're conscious of uh, how much everybody likes that, and it, we like it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it literally, help. yeah, it literally helps us to focus on creative things. So hopefully we will get back to that next week, but this week is just going to be this regular show on Thursday here to give my arm a bit of a rest. And tonight we're going to talk to two folks. First, we're going to talk to Rick, who has stories of Flannel Man, Lechuza, shadow figures, and ghosts. And then a little bit later, we'll be talking with Ed, who has more shadow people, other creepy experiences in a house on Cape Cod. He's got stories of exploring some of those really cool abandoned mental hospitals in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, we actually went in one of those yeah, oh, before. Yeah. yeah, and disembodied laughter and sleep paralysis and all kinds of creepy stuff. We'll be talking to Ed in the second part of the show. Is the one that we toured before, toured, <laughs> is the one that we trespassed on, um, is that still, did they I tear think that they, down? I think they turned it into apartments of all things. I thought they toured it. We'll have to look that up, but it was yeah. the, what, the Northampton State New not museum <laughs> the northampton state mental institute yeah they might have called it an asylum at the time I, yeah i'm not sure well my favorite part of that was it's the first time i ever saw a community garden because right in the in the patch right next to that there was a community garden i'd never seen one before oh yeah yeah that's massachusetts was ahead of pennsylvania on that front <laughs> yeah a little bit well let's go ahead and talk to rick we'll hear his stories So tonight we're talking with Rick, who has a Flannel Man account and a couple other things we want to talk about. But because of Strange Familiars, please, let's start with the Flannel Man story. All right. Well, I was coming home from DJing one night. It was about 2, 3 in the morning. I'm going down the road. The road that I'm going down, there's a lot of bars down the street. So I'm driving and I see a guy with a red flannel shirt and blue jeans dark face on the right hand side i didn't think much of it because it was it was during the, it was cold that night foggy so i'm driving go up about a quarter mile see him again on my left same dress same build dark face as well see him again on my right another quarter mile or so see him on my left and then right when i'm getting to the the main highway i'm going to exit i look out my right hand side and he's right there by my car door. I didn't really get a good look at him. His face is still dark, red flannel shirt, blue jeans. I just punched it, <laughs> got on the highway as quick as I could. <laughs> what time of night was this? But about three in the morning. Wow. Had you taken this route home before? Oh, plenty of times. It's I've been all out in the country. I've been everywhere. Like I've like I've been down darker roads. This road was it's well lit. There's bars like every so many stops down that street. That's just like the spot. So I was telling my cousin about it. She's kind of a, a medium, so she sees a lot of stuff. And she has a lot of stuff going on at her house all the time. But uh yeah, I told her about it. She's like, Oh, maybe it's just a spirit just wandering around. I was like, Yeah, true. Cause it's it's the south side, San Antonio. So I was like, "Nah, eh, Spanish like their flannels." <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah." 
When you say his face was dark, was it in shadow or or the dark skin? No, it was just the face was dark. Like it, it was a shadow, like a shadow face. Like it was darker than the background behind it. Like, like you say it a lot, a lot, a lot of the time here when you're talking about shadow people, it's darker than the night behind it. That's how it kind of showed me. Oh wow! So you couldn't see hair color or features or anything. It didn't make no facial features, just a black shadow for a head. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was crazy that night. Then about I, how many years ago was that? Oh man, about eight years ago. Eight, eight years ago. Okay. All right. Yeah. Was it normal to see anyone walking along that r- route? Well, bars were letting out about two o'clock. I was thinking maybe it was a worker from the bar. I was like, maybe he's just walking home. The first time I saw the guy, then I saw him again on my left. I'm like, yeah, I've been driving nonstop. He shouldn't make it up here that fast. Right. Yeah. That's the the really weird part. <laughs> well, other than the black face head, but uh... yeah. So, so I was just like. I was like, he was kind of off in the off in the grass on the on the side of the road. So I was just like, all right, whatever. Just kept on driving. Saw him again on my left. I'm like, all right, that's creepy. Saw him again on my right. I'm like, yeah, it's. I'm like, I need to speed up a little bit more. Saw him again on my left. I'm like, definitely need to get off this road. Then right when I'm going to get on the highway, I was just like, yeah, there you are again. Bye. <laughs> wow. So was it like minutes between each time you saw him, or? Yeah, it was minutes. I'm like yeah. I'm just driving down this road. Um, it's maybe about a two, three mile stretch mm-hmm. from the from the part that I was at. Well, when I first saw him, saw him to the highway. Yeah, that's really creepy. Yeah. So then uh, did anything else happen like around that time? Strangeness? Or? No, that was the last time I ever saw him. Only time. Hopefully, last time. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. creepy. I got home and I was just thinking about it the whole night. I talked to my mom about it the next day. She's just like, that's weird. She's like, it just felt wrong when it was like right there by my door. I was just like, yeah, this thing's giving off an evil vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I guess I'm kind of, kind of sensitive too, because I could get that feeling when you walk into someplace and then you just like, you shouldn't be here right now. It's like, you need to get out. That's how I felt when he was right there by my door when I was going to turn. Yeah. So we're going to uh, offer him a ride. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, like, bye. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow, man. Yeah, that's a wild one. I don't know that we've gotten one uh, flannel man with the blacker than black combo yeah. yet. So that yeah, might be so, new. Yeah, so it was just the face. I couldn't make out a face. I, I listened to a few other stories, but when I'm like hearing those stories, I just started getting creeped out. I'll go to the next podcast. <laughs> I'll go to the next episode. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I was like, I don't want to think about him that much. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the Lachusa stories out in like the the Hispanic folktale. I am familiar and I, I absolutely love them. Do you have any? Yeah. Really? So, oh, I, there's, I'm there's out in my the favorite stories. I'm out in the country. I'm working on, I'm out in the middle of the sticks. There's like the next house. It's my, my uncle owns 20 acres. It's three houses on the property. It's my cousin. My two cousins, and then my uncle and, and my aunt, that live in each house, basically. And then it was quiet. I'm working on my, my Camaro. I just finished putting in the motor and stuff. And then I was closing up. It was like about midnight. 
and I start hearing whistling in the distance and it, it sounded human like but all the dogs started going crazy and then I start hearing just like coyotes start howling everything just all animals start going nuts and then I start hearing it get closer and closer and then I'm just like you know it's time to pack up so I start putting all my tools away as fast as I can turn off the lights Text my uncle, I'm like, sorry to put up everything right. It was like, you should yell at me tomorrow. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm taking off down the street, and all the dogs were barking up this one tree. And then they all started chasing after me once I passed that tree. So I didn't look behind me. I just looked in my mirror, saw the dogs chasing after the car. Just like, mm, sped up a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. He was like mad. He was like, you didn't put everything away like I touched. I was like, I'm sorry. I'll go back tomorrow. I'll do it in the morning. I was like, I'll do it when there's daylight out. Yeah, there's so you, been other times. You didn't get a chance like to, seen, to actually see an owl or anything? No, I didn't. But I just saw the dogs barking up that one tree. I wasn't even that curious. I was just like, yeah, I need to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was like the same description. Like people say they'll hear the whistling. Like something's calling you. It was just like, just, I can't whistle, but it's just like, just like calling. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, and then I hear it get closer. And then I'm like, Junior, calling my cousin. And then nothing. And I look out, then all all the lights are off in the houses. So I'm like, okay. It's like, nobody's out here. I'm like, time to pack up. The general Lakuza legend is, do they just come after anybody or they... it lures you. It, it goes after. It goes after anybody, men or male, female. Mm-hmm. Usually, it goes after you if you're alone, which I was. Mm-hmm. Everybody was inside, and then um, they'll call you. They'll try to lure you out. Uh, lure you out. And um, yeah, but the dogs started going crazy. I've never heard them. I was out there for three nights before that because I had to take out the transmission, the engine, and everything. So I was working out there late nights for like three days to get everything done. I was just doing it a few hours at a time. And then that night was the last time I worked out there at night. But my cousins, he's like, man, I've heard stuff scratch on my on my ceiling, on my house. He's like, it's like I thought it was rats, but it was too loud to be a rat. Oh, wow. <laughs> they get some good-sized field rats out there the size of a possum. It's out in South San Antonio. So mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing out there but rivers and creeks. Right. So you get some yeah so for people that like i don't we haven't done any lakuza stories so i'm excited we finally have one because like i said there's there's some of my favorite stories the ones i've heard on other podcasts and the ones i've read about they're generally supposed to be witches that take the form of an owl right of an owl yeah they'll have a it'll be anywhere from like four feet to six feet tall supposedly um but it usually sometimes it'll have a female face or sometimes it'll be just like a giant owl that you, the face just looks like human. It looks yeah. human-like. Yeah, they're so creepy. I mean, the stories human, are so creepy. Yeah, yeah. Like I've heard stories when I was little. I didn't think anything of it, and, and like my uncles grew up out there, so they would tell me stories here and there. I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, you're trying to scare me." And then I heard the whistling, like they would describe it to me, and I was just like. Okay, maybe they're telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> now, were these dogs, were they the, like your uncle's dogs? Yeah, there was a bunch of stray dogs out there. Um, oh, okay. They're just basically wild dogs. 
like they were, he had he had a few, but he kept those ones in a fence. And then he has his his one inside dog that was his baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. But every dog that was outside was going crazy. Then he could hear coyotes just, just like their their little sounds that they make out out in the field. Because he has a corn well, it was a cornfield back in the day. Now it's just grass and and trees back there. But you could hear all this stuff like all these dogs just going off out in the woods and it got creepy yeah man that, that's wild yeah i was like 18 or 19 at the time i'm 31 now and then uh when i was like 16 years old i was at my cousin's house the one that i said was a medium and then she's like she's like usually about 12 o'clock it starts getting creepy around here i was just like okay i'm there with my my little brother and then we're sitting down at the kitchen table and then it's an apartment. So you look down the hallway, there's her bedroom. And then everybody that was in the house was sitting there at the kitchen table. And then the way I was facing, I was facing like towards the, towards my family, but I was able to see down the hallway. And then I'm looking down and then I like, I, she saw my face just change. Cause I was like, see somebody down the hallway. And then I'm like, there's somebody else here? And she's like, is he tall with the cowboy hat? Yeah. He's just a shadow. He he lives back there. He doesn't bother nobody. And he just walks right into the wall. And I was like, wow. So she described you what you were seeing, basically. Yeah. She's like, I see him all the time. She's like, he doesn't bother nobody. (laughs) How do you get to relax with it? You know? like Yeah. And then... um. She's had some crazy stuff start going on over there. There was a her neighbor that lived in the apartment next to her that would steal flowers from grave sites. Like she would take the flowers from the graves. Oh, that's a no no in every culture. Yeah. And then she's just like, This crazy bee. I keep on telling her not to bring stuff up. <laughs> she had a she had a little boy going and moving stuff around in the house. She like she was just bringing stuff up like bringing stuff over to her house. She's just like, she's like, I keep, I keep on having to do and cleanse these all the time. I'm just, I was just like, yeah, I don't like coming over here that much anymore. Wow. So this was the woman next door. That was the, the medium. Yeah. The one that was still in the flowers was next door to her, the apartment next door. And then she's just like, she's like, you can't be taking people's flowers. She's like, that's just disrespectful and stuff could attach to them. And then like, she's had stuff to like where, like knives would just fall off the counters. She's just like, she's like, it started getting dangerous when knives were flying off the counter. <laughs> it was just, it's like, yeah, it's like you don't want that. Yeah, but yeah, it's just I've been scratched before. Like then I've had like this repeated dream when I was younger. When I was like in high school, and then I kept on having this repeated dream to where me and my buddy were were. In my dream, we're walking. We see a warehouse. My friend's like, I want to go in there. He said, let's go check it out. I'm like, no, nah, let's not. He goes in there. And then I go, it stays, goes in there. And then I'm like, uh, so I go chasing after him. I'm like, hey, come back. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And then I hear a door shut. Then there's just a hallway with a bunch of doors, like demonic stuff spray painted on the walls. I don't know how my dreams are this vivid. I was in my teens. I was like 17, 18 when I was having these dreams. And then I was just having crazy dreams, like 
this dream just got deep. I'm looking for him, opening up doors. Every time I opened up a door, every time I had this dream, it was a different door that I opened. But same result happened. Like a demon would get me, pull me down, step on my chest, and I would wake up with sleep paralysis. Oh, so this was tied to the sleep paralysis incident. Yeah. Oh, wow. So now when you woke up, did you see like, it on, on your chest when you when you woke up too? Or Like I would just see like a big, like I felt like a big foot on my chest. Like I would wake up and I felt like somebody was stepping on my chest. You felt the pressure, but you couldn't see anything when you were, when you woke. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what it looked yeah. like in the dream? It looked like a Doom character <laughs> from the from the old Windows game. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's. I was just like, like I was like, maybe that's where I got it from because my uncle would let us play Doom when we were really young. <laughs> 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 my grandma would get after him. She's like, don't be letting him play that. He was like, ah, they're old enough. <laughs> <laughs> Doom yeah. was the, the height of video game technology yeah, back then. With him, he was he was a computer engineer, and then he would have us playing Duke Nukem, Doom, just like all the old school ninety Windows ninety five, Windows ninety eight games. Right, a lot of yeah. kids probably know him from like the PlayStation now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, no, it goes way back. Yeah, I just I've had we, me and my little brother both woken up with scratches on us, like on our chest, on our back. We did a sage a sage smudge in the house, and then. It, it kind of cleared up after that. I stopped having the dreams and stuff like that. So I think the sage helped out a lot. Whatever was attached to me or whatever it was. So when, whenever you had that same dream about the warehouse and et cetera, you also had sleep paralysis. Is that correct? Yes. Did you ever have sleep yeah. paralysis and not have that same dream? No. Oh, that's, that's wild. Yeah. Ever, ever since I stopped having that dream, I haven't had sleep paralysis. Oh, that's really interesting though. So it was always associated yeah. with, the, with the same dream. That's wild. Yeah. And then like, it was just the same repeated dream. I would go in there and then I would remember from the last dream. I'm like, no, don't go in that door. Let's try the next door. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I would go down the next door. Same results. It was just crazy. And then wow. I told my buddy, I told my buddy that was in the dream about it. And then he's like, he's like, hell no, bro. I don't want to be going into the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I'm not trying to get kidnapped. I was laughing. <laughs> he was crazy. Like we were like, when we first moved into the subdivision, we were like, there's like maybe four houses in the neighborhood and it was four Hispanic families. And then, um, we were skateboarding one night, like at two, three in the morning. And then we're going, I'm like, hey, did you see that, that little girl? And then he's like, what little girl? I'm like, there was a little African-American girl walking down the street. And then he's like, it shut up. And he starts laughing. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Let's go back. And then he's like, looks at me. And then we go back. And we're like looking around. And we're like, there's nobody here. It's like, and we knew everybody in the houses. Like, like, we were all friends. We were still friends to this day. It's just like, we're just, we never found out what happened with that day with that little girl. What was it? What it was? How old did she appear? Like four or five walking around by oh. herself at three in the morning. Yeah. Way too young to be walking by yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, did you see that little girl? He's like, no, shut up. And then I'm like, no, let's go back and check it out. And he's just laughing. And he's like, he's like, 
I didn't see anybody. He's like, you're lying to me. So we go back and then we walk around the neighborhood because there was just, all there was was just the foundations for the house laid out. Because there's that, that's how brand new the neighborhood was. Mm-hmm. So it was like, there's nobody out here. It's like, we know everybody out here. And no news reports or anything about a you know little kid missing or anything that you remember? No, yeah. nothing. I know so much stuff has happened. Like, like one time I was at a, a eyeglasses place and I'm talking to a lady and I just felt like I got shoved from behind. I turned around and there's just a wall behind me. And she's like, what happened? I was like, oh, nothing. And I'm like talking to her. And she's like, what happened? She's like, you look concerned for a second. Like something pushed me. She's like, oh man, I'm going to quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It'll be on an upcoming show. I'm not sure if it'll air before or after this, but I was hiking at night with a a witness was behind me and uh, my buddy Chad was in front of me and we, it was nighttime. We're out in the woods and I felt something grab my pack. Like in my head, I could, it's almost like I could visualize the material in my pack, like scrunching as, as the hand grasped it. And then it just yanked down on my, like, like you feel like somebody's pulling your shirt, but it's actually your backpack. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It just yanked hard, like yanked down hard to the point where it jerked me back. And I thought it was the guy behind me, the the witness we were with. I turned around. I was kind of mad. I was getting ready to like say, Hey dude, don't do that to me. I got, you're going to back off. (laughs) Keep your distance. (laughs) He was eight feet behind me rolling a cigarette. It was not him. So I, you know, that wow. I, I, I know that feeling where you just something just reaches out and and grabs you. It's like wow, there was nothing there. It was bizarre. Yeah, and then uh, oh my god, and then there's like so many stories. San Antonio is just well, war zone everywhere, like all over San Antonio basically. And then I'm over on the south side, so there's all the missions. Oh, wait, that's another thing where I saw the flannel man encounter. It is the missions are right down the street from it now these are the like the old ones yes the original missions from the war oh wow yeah and i was right down the street from it i just thought about that right now yeah there's a lot of really cool history like i really want to do like a, a southwest tour starting in, yeah. in texas and, and, and then so well, there's all the just downtown there's all these ghost ghost tours just just right off the river walk you go down there it's just like ghost tour do this hotel stay here and then um there's a, a bar called the cadillac bar and uh, i've dj'd there numerous times i've done weddings debuts like just a bunch of events over there and then once in a while they'll just have the bottom hall going and then they'll block off the way to get upstairs there's no elevators there's just one stairway and it's blocked I'm packing up. It's about 2.30 in the morning. And I see a lady in a white dress just standing at the top of the stairs. I looked. I looked away. I'm pulling my, my dolly with all my equipment on it. I look back up, and then I'm like, oh, wow, she's not there anymore. I just got, like, the hair just stood up on the back of my neck. Did it look like <laughs> a, a modern dress, or did it look, like, older? It, no, it was, like, an old-timey dress. This I looked up the... Uh, the year that it was built, it was built in like the 1800s. It's a bar that's that sits across from the courtroom downtown, the Cadillac mm-hmm. bar. But yeah, I, like I, I talked to one of the staff members. She's like, yeah, she's like, she's like, I get a creepy feeling when I'm up there by myself. I'm like, oh, wow. She's like, I was like, yeah. I was like, she's like, why? I was like, I don't know. I'm just asking. 
<laughs> I was just like, oh, I don't want to scare you out of your job. The history there, you know, it's it's got to be similar to like Gettysburg, for instance, up here, where you just have this, yeah. this old buildings that have just kind of absorbed this stuff for, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah, there's been, well, there's crime all the time uh-huh. downtown, especially with all the bars. And there's just killings to this day. Like, you'll see every once in a while on the news, somebody was stabbed over an argument at the bars. Mm. There's like just stuff going on all the time down there. So it's nothing new that's happened in those buildings. Right. Yeah. 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 And then uh, another time I was on the South side, I was at a part auto parts store. I used to work there. So I knew the guys there. I wasn't working there at the time. I was work. I was working on a car, but I went to go and pick up something. We just, Started just shooting the breeze and just three of us in the store. And we're talking. And then, you know, the creepers that you roll into the car to work on them? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like the little the little body things with the wheels that you roll on. Right, yeah. That you lay on and roll under the car. That was hanging on some pegs on the wall. It goes flying from one side of the building to the other. Well, they're pretty heavy, and right? Then, yeah, they're about eh, five, ten pounds. Yeah, I mean, so it's not like a, yeah. a plate or something. You know what I mean? No, no, yeah. It came off the pegs, flew across the store. And then we looked at each other. It's like, it's just us in here, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, all right, I'm away by the front door. Y'all two go running, like, try to ambush them. We thought somebody might have snuck in behind us while we weren't paying attention. There's nobody in the store. The creeper was just laying there on the ground. Yeah, what does that? I wish we could go back on the footage, but we weren't able to. Only the the higher up corporation could go back on the footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would have been something I would have liked to see on video. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. Of course, they don't want to have a, a haunted shop and have nobody want to work there. Yeah, that was the second, the uh, same large chain company that I, the same company that I worked at. I worked at another one on the north side and then there was a shadow that would walk run behind all the shelves in the back of the store. Like they had the parts aisles in the back where all the hard parts are. I was up front and I'm closing down the store. I just see a shadow just run from one side of the store to the other. And then I was like, I was like, Hey brother, I was like, gotta go to the restroom or what? I was just joking around thinking that it was a guy running to the restroom. And then he, I hear him from the other side of the store. He's like, what's up? Oh. Like, oh, and he's like, "Did you see a shadow?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Everybody's seen that for years." Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I was just like, "Wow, that's scary." <laughs> then they would, uh, we would get the pallets start clanking on the ground, like they would get lifted up and like slammed on the ground every once in a while. That was normal over there too. And this is a, a big chain auto parts store. <laughs> Yeah, well, even in the newer buildings, it doesn't doesn't really seem to matter much, you know. It's like yeah, uh, they said that apparently that it was a, it was owned by a, a older man that didn't want to give up his property. Then he passed away, and then his kids sold it off. And then uh, they said that you would see an old man with the, with the over blue jean overalls, every once in a while in the back. I had never saw it. I just saw the the guy running down the back of the shop and then you would hear the pallets every once in a while. I worked there for like a year. I just got used to seeing that shadow just running down the back. How many times do you think you saw it? Like three or four times out of a year. 
then I closed mostly every night because I was the youngest one there. <laughs> so you got to turn the lights off and leave. Yeah. <laughs> I was the baby, so I had to stay behind. And they're like, ah, you can work late. You don't have a family yet. <laughs> I've seen so much stuff growing up. It's just like I could go on for days probably telling stories. We already answered my question. Everybody sees Slana Man, I ask about sleep paralysis, and then I ask about black dogs. Have you ever seen what appear to be like a not normal, not natural black dog, either in dreams or awake? Not that I remember. It's not as common as a sleep Yeah, it's usually. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I remember hearing the Chicago one where he saw the black dog in in the room. I was like, yeah, no, I'm glad it wasn't in my house at all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what, well... (laughs) My wife had seen them in her room growing up. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that one too. I heard the yeah. Chicago one, and then he's in the cellar and he would see it. I was just like, yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I was far away from home. <laughs> she still doesn't like that room to this date. I mean, her, her parents just use it for storage now, and she's, she's not still really. still in that house um, too. <laughs> it has to be a little pinch in the side every time we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every time I'm going out in that area, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to skip the street. If it's late at night, I'm just like, I was like, I'll drive down further to go, go hit the highway further up or further down. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't go down the street no more at night. They're like, why not? Long story. I was like, long story. It's a short story, but you're going to ask a lot of questions. I don't feel like answering all of them. Yeah, thank you for bringing the first Lachusa story to Strange Familiars. Like I said, I've heard so many and they're, I love them so much. They're just so interesting. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big Southern belief going on down here. And then. Yeah. I've been wanting to get some and then it's just, you know, I, I kind of, rather than seek out people that have been on other podcasts and stuff, I kind of like, well, maybe they'll come naturally, you know, maybe somebody. So I think yeah, you're the I, first tried, one. I tried showing my, my uncle some of the stories, but he, he gets creeped out nowadays. He's just like, no, nah. he's like, no, nah, I don't even want to hear anything about it. Cause uh, well, he's, he's told me about, when him and his his brother were younger, they lived out in like the same area that I heard that whistling. They lived further up the road. It was like a little, it was like a little neighborhood. But him and his brother were going out. They would go and um, they would help out on this farm. So they're riding their bike, and he said that they that he swears they saw a half man, half goat out there. Oh wow! Like the centaur. I was trying to think of the name. Popped in mm-hmm. my head right now. Yeah, but he said he saw one of those. He said that they they looked at it, they saw it, they stayed there for a little bit, turned around, and just rode away really fast. He's like, we didn't even go to do that job. He's like, we didn't make our 25 cents that day. Wow. Now, uh, did he say how big it was? No, he didn't. Like, like he doesn't want to go into too many details about it. I was just like, would you tell it on the podcast? I was like, I'm going on it. And then he's like, for what? And I was like, oh, about a thing I saw. And he's like, what it looked like? I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell you. He's like, you're going to have nightmares. He started laughing. He's like, yeah, I probably would. Because <laughs> I was showing him the, the Bigfoot podcast. Um, oh, Sasquatch Chronicles. Sasquatch Chronicles. And then I was showing him the, one of the ones from Texas. And then he's just like, eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, that gave me, he's like, he's like, I couldn't sleep that night. He's like, I was just thinking about it if I heard any of that. Because he's, he's, he was in the military. So, he lived in um, Idaho, everything like out in the, out in the sticks. Oh, that's another. He said that when um, my oldest cousin was born, that 
his mom, he flew his mom out to Idaho and then they're in the room and they just saw, she was like staring out the window and he's like, mom, what is it? And she's like, she tell him in Spanish, look, look, she's like, mira, mira. And then he's like, what is that? And he said that it was just a bright light up in the sky, lit up blue and pitch black. And then it just shot off really fast. He believes it was a UFO. Yeah, well, it sounds like. Yeah, he said it. He he said it lit up the room. Basically, that was like the first and only time that he had saw that out there. Huh. Oh yeah, same area. I had a girlfriend out there when I was like twenty two, twenty three. We we're outside talking out. She lived out in the woods too. Basically, like my school was wasn't far from the from this area, so. I knew a lot of people out there, family, friends, everything. So I was with at an ex-girlfriend's house. To this day, I didn't know what it was. And then the only way I could describe it was a tree knot out there. Like a single one? Yeah. It was just huck, loud. And it just echoed from the woods to her house. And we looked at each other. was like, what was that? She's like, I have no idea. Because the next house wasn't for about a half a mile up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we just like looked at each other. We're just like, "Eh, let's call it a night. (laughs) Yeah. To me, something with hands has got to swing something to make that sound. Yeah. We just, we looked at each other. We're just like, did you hear that? I heard that. Yeah. We heard that. (laughs) Just like had to confirm with each other. Right, yeah. So it's either a creepy yeah, person that, creeping around, which is a you know not a cool thing, or it's something else. Yeah, like that's, that's the only thing, two things would be. It's got to be something with hands, you know. Yeah. So I I remember hearing it, and I I didn't think about it at all, and so I started listening to Sasquatch Chronicles and everything, and then I'm just like, what if that was a tree knock that I heard that night? I just I remember that right now. That's the last story I got. <laughs> <laughs> well. Rick, thanks so much for sharing your stories. I get, I think I get, well, I definitely get most of my stories from Pennsylvania, but I live here. So I think that's natural. But second, most stories I get are from Texas now. I get tons of calls. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been noticing that. I'm like, wow, East Texas. I was like, it's not far. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to try to do a Texas trip uh, maybe in 2020. I want to go down there and see some of these areas with that. Yeah. San Antonio is really, there's a lot of nightlife. But also, once you start getting towards the south, it's a lot of farmland and woodland. Rick, thank you so much. All right. If anything else comes up, I'll keep in touch. We'll get back to our show in just a minute. We'll hear Ed's stories. Before we do that, though... I want to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you for your support. As I've said before, even in more certain times, your support means everything. In these very uncertain times we are in, your support means the world to us. We could not do this show without your help. If you like what we do, if you like the content we provide, and you want to help us make more and get extra content besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. For $3 a month, you get full extra episodes of Strange Familiars. We did two in April so far, just last week. We did two patron shows. 
We guarantee one full patron episode for everybody, but often we do more like we did this month, and maybe we'll have more yet to come this month. We'll see. There are all different levels of support at Patreon for things like t-shirts and copies of my books, even original artwork. You can check them all out at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon and you still want to help, if you go to strangefamiliars.com and look in the show notes under every episode, there's a paypal.me link where you can make a one-time donation. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing wherever you listen, whatever podcatcher you use, and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews which help get the show in front of new potential listeners. When I grew up, I had the perfect puppy. He was my best friend. His name was Barney. But I don't know how to make a perfect puppy. If you're looking to raise the perfect puppy for you, you want 90 Days for the Perfect Puppy. And we're talking with Tina, who runs 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. So what's the teaching approach you have, Tina? So the approach we have is how to take stock of the puppy we have and the life that we have, not just now, but into the future. And like any good relationship, to build that one day at a time. And so the 90 days to a perfect puppy is a little bit of a misnomer. We're we're not actually creating a perfect puppy. We're trying to help you and the puppy be a perfect match for one another. So this is an online course. And even though your clients are online, they're never alone. They have access to a bunch of different resources, including you, correct? Absolutely. We wanted to make sure that people had access to the information they needed and the lessons they wanted the exact moment they wanted them, whether I was available or not. And then the way that we make sure that you get individual support is through a a super secret Facebook group, or you can opt in to have additional one-on-one training as a part of the course. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy? You can go to sithappens.us and look for the link right at the top of the page, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. So now we're gonna hear from Ed. Like I said, he's got a selection of stories as well, shadow people and other creepy experiences. So without further ado, let's hear Ed's stories. All right, tonight we're talking with Ed, who's got a few stories for us that are based around a certain house he was living in. This was when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up in a small town on uh, Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Um, moving to the house, I was excited because it was, um, we moved from a, uh, I come from a very large family. I'm one of nine kids. So um, we moved into this house that was bigger, more suited for my family. You know, um, not all of us could get our own bedrooms. Didn't have that many bedrooms, but like first moving into this house, uh, it was a big step for us, you know, it was, um, actually we, we weren't at nine at that point when we moved in. I think we had seven of us and then two more got born while we we're in that house. So yeah, I mean, a large family right there, but, um, yeah, a bunch of weird stuff would, um, started happening when I was, when I was over there. Just, Did I had you no happen idea. to live near, uh, Edward Gorey. 
Um, no, no, it's like I mean, I'm about twenty five minutes away from Edward Gore's house. Like, I'm actually, I will not to give up my location and anything like that, but no, I live okay. like not that very far from Edward Gore's house at all, too. So I drive by it on a regular basis. I live in the same town as that that house is right there. So, but not uh, this house was in the town of Nashby, which is like a smaller, um, smaller town. I think it's like a population of around ten thousand, something like that. And I grew up uh, for a number of years over there, but um, I had uh, no good idea what sleep paralysis was when I was younger because I don't think the information was really out there. Mm-hmm. But I like I t- come to get older and realize that I did suffer from bouts of sleep paralysis, you know, seeing stuff. But I would see, um, started seeing stuff on during waking hours there, which is was really odd at first. Like it was a lot of uh, shadow people. I know you've covered shadow people mm-hmm. in your things, and um. You know, there's specifically three different ones that I saw uh, while I was in there. I'd probably lived in this house for eight to ten years. I lived on the basement level in my own bedroom, but I had a bunk bed in there, and occasionally brothers would stay in there for a while, um, and then they'd get too spooked by staying down there and then migrate bedrooms. It was uh, kind of a weird household like that. Hmm. But um, Was it so in a no, not, not not particularly. I mean, it had to have been built in the seventies. It's like a split. There's a split level ranch, right? Right. Uh, which is kind of common for that area. It's like one of those houses when you walk in, you got a stairway going up to your left and a stairway down to your right. right. You know those um, type of entranceways when you walk in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that layout's important because at the bottom of the stairs. Where it seems like everybody had their experiences of um, the highest level of activity. I never talked to my my siblings about my stories, and as soon as I told them I was doing this podcast and everything, then they just started spilling out their stories. It was pretty interesting. So stories from the same. Early, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's like I mean, I'm I won't call it a haunting, but it was definitely uh, there was some weird energy getting put out with that amount of uh, kids all growing up. At that point, you know, like you know how like they say poltergeist activity would, like comes around with um like children getting older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, there was like multiple kids going through that at once, you know. But I'll start with the earliest one that I I remember seeing was um so going down from the bottom of the stairs, if you went straight ahead was the bathroom, and then you could see down the hallway to your right, and like probably one out of every five times I would come down to use that bathroom. If I wasn't looking down the hall, there would be a head sticking out of the uh, laundry room, like a, like just a just a uh, a uh, just a black silhouette head that you can barely make out. And then as soon as you turn your head, it wasn't there anymore. That was on a regular basis that I would see that one, and it, it didn't have any feelings of uh, malice or anything like that. Too, it just felt like it was like curious or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, quiet. That's my um, siblings, and none of them saw that one in particular. So in my bedroom, my bedroom is also connected to another room, which we call the playroom, which is technically like a second living room, but it was down in the basement. And um, a few times when I'd be entering there, there would be a shadow figure that was like impossibly tall, like not in the dimensions of a man whatsoever that would just be sitting down on the couch and I would see it out of the, the, the crack of my door. And as soon as I opened the door all the way, he's gone. Saw that about three times. I told my sister 
about this specific incident today. And um, she said she had a similar incident, not at this house, but the house that we lived at before. I was very young at that time, so I may have not seen anything because I wasn't aware of it. Um, but I don't have any particular memories of anything weird happened there. But she said one time that she was uh, just got up in the middle of the night to grab a glass of water or something like that. Um, there was like an impossibly tall shadow person that was rifling through a china cabinet and the box that was in there and um just you know she got spooked out by it ran back to the room she said that she thought it like initially her thought was um it was like my father standing up on a chair going through it you know she asked him the next morning if he was up and he's like no no it wasn't up in the middle of night or whatever so that was kind of weird because it's like kind of like that's a very uncommon description of uh, a shadow people from what I understand, you know? Yeah. Do you get many calls of a, like a, a, a very tall one? Well, actually I, I get a lot of where people say it was, they were like real tall, like all these things, just too okay. tall. Yeah. Everything from the, the bunny things to the shadow people and a few of the flannel men, I think every now and then people say they were, they were really tall. They tend to be more, you know, in the normal range, I think. But yeah, I have heard a couple like extra tall shadow people things. When you saw it, did it did it react to you in any way, or did it? Just- no, it, it did. Like, I mean, it, that one felt like it was like uh, also not trying to be imposing, not trying to be seen, but which is different than what my sister got from the vibe, from the similar thing that she saw. You know, like me, whenever I would come across that one. Again, I felt no like ill will or like didn't bring up any uh, raw emotions, which uh, like uh, I, I had the most distinct incident of a shadow figure was uh, was one time when I was sharing my bedroom with one of my older brothers at the time. I was sleeping on the top bunk and uh, he's on the bottom bunk. So I was trying to sleep. He's a loud snorer. He's snoring, keeping me up. And, um, you know, I was kind of a little afraid of this this room I was in. Um, well, first of all, before I even get that, there's a large fish. I'm going to just forget about this, uh, if I don't bring it up now, but in my room, there's this large fish tank that was in there, like about, like, uh, probably about six feet wide that we'd always have fish in and I would leave. And then, uh, of course I'd check up on the fish to see if they need to be fed or whatever occasionally, but there's several times which I would come back downstairs and the fish would be inside these the air tubes of the um that like filtered the water of the uh of the uh tank mm-hmm. and there was like no way for them to get inside there it happened like three or four times my parents were thinking i was putting these fish inside this little water tank inside there that was a uh, that was just something really weird that we kept on dealing with in that room you know and uh i kept on getting the blame for it which i wasn't too happy about Anyway, uh, so yeah, a lot of weird activity in that room. And um, so one time I'm trying to sleep. I would always have the door open to the hallway with the light on in the hallway that I was talking about where it seemed like the center of the activity was. And I look over and there's a massive figure. Like, I mean, not saying just tall, but like, it just like, for me as a child, just seemed like a really big, burly man, like barrel chested in the doorway. And I couldn't make out the, the features, but... um. It was uh, weird because I thought in my head, I mean, I was a young kid. I was like, I thought it was somebody dressed like a samurai at first. And I'm like, why the heck is this a samurai? I'm like looking at him. And then I realized it was 
a silhouette of the colonial clothing, you know, the, the, right. the puppy pants. Um, yeah. He had a hat on that was uh, like, to, like, to like the, kind of like the pilgrims used to do. And he must've had long hair or something. So it kind of gave a look of like a Shogun helmet at first. Right. When right. I first saw it. Uh, but it was actually definitely period colonial clothing. So, I'm looking at this thing. I roll over. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just pretend to still be asleep. So I like roll on my side. I'm not paralyzed at this point too. Like, cause I've gotten sleep paralysis before and I could not move around at all. And this time I have free motion and everything. So like I look back at it and it's still there 15 minutes later. I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I'm like trying to like see if I can wake up my big brother. So I roll over to the, away from the door and there's like a gap between the bed and the wall. So I'm yelling down the crack of a wall to my brother, like to try to wake him up saying his name, saying his name. And he's just, he's out cold Turkey anyway. So he's just a heavy sleeper. There's no waking him up. So I stared at this figure probably for about an hour before I just sort of figured to sort of roll my back and go to sleep. And it took me like an hour to go to sleep after that. And, um, that was, uh, it was a, that was like it was intense fear that I felt. Could you see any de- details in it, or was it more like a silhouette? It was more like a silhouette. Uh, I was terrified of things, so I didn't look at it for long periods of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time I did, I was because I was thinking like, "Oh, is this my brother? Is this my father? What is going on?" Because uh, the light in the hallway was pretty bright, and this thing was still was very featureless. So again, I was just working with trying to figure out the silhouette. And um took me a while to figure out what was going on because, you know, I mean, I I read about like, I mean, of course, being, living on Cape Cod, we know about pilgrims and stuff like that, too. So it took me a little bit to, to realize that it was actually that clothing that he was wearing. But once I was able to tell what it was, it was kind of obvious at that point. But me being a big Ninja Turtles fan, I think I thought Samurai at first, which is I feel dumb about. But um, it was. Uh, <laughs> now, when you're a kid, that's where your mind probably right. goes, right? This figure, when he was there, did he move around at all? You know that you know. No, just just no, just completely stood still. Like, and that was, I'd probably feel less terrified if it was moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he was just standing there for an hour, that was intense. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain it. I mean, I know you've had a, uh, you shared some your sleep paralysis uh, stories too yeah. on your thing. Uh, there's a. Uh, it's a it's a weird feeling. It, 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 as weird as it is, and as scary as I, I, I wouldn't want to take the moments back in a weird way. It's like kind of feels like it's part of me in a way. No, I get that. I do get that. As much as I disliked it at the time, it is my experience. You know. Yeah. So, a couple other stories in this house that happened to me specifically was uh, so again, there's a split level stairs in the house when you first walk in. So my older siblings. They got to stay up later than I did before I would have to go downstairs and um, go to bed while they continue to watch their like Tales from the Crypt or something like that. You know, the shows I was a little too, too young to be watching and they wanted me to be up early for school. So right. a lot of times I would sneak up the stairs and just hang out on the top step so I could just get a view of the TV around the corner and nobody could see me. So I, re- I remember doing that. I, I was upstairs though and I would come halfway down the stairs and look at the oh. Oh yeah, the, I mean you'd be wearing your socks so you don't get caught and everything. So thinking oh, yeah. you're being being sly. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, this, this, uh, this is a regular thing I always did. Like I said, I had my shoes off, so I had my shoes in my hand because I was told to go, go to bed. So I made a point to make it sound like I'm going downstairs, took off my shoes at the bottom of the stairs, walked back up to catch a little bit more TV. So, uh, one time I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed because right before the show's about to get over, I do that. So as I'm walking down the stairs, I get that, uh, get a weird chill up my spine, you know, just like that spine tingling, like fear out of nowhere. And like, I took my shoes, like I had my shoes in my hand. So like I took it, and I tapped them together. I tapped them three times. I was like, tap, tap, tap. Then like three seconds later down the hallway here, boom, boom, boom. And that terrified me. I ran right back upstairs and like, I tried to tell them, it's like, Oh, let me just watch one more show. Like I didn't want to tell them what just happened to me down there, you know? Right. But it was a down the hallway on the opposite side of where I used to stay down there. So that was like, kind of like the unfinished basement basement area that that came from. And that area also terrified me. We're watching, um, Ernest scared, stupid, uh, not Ernest scared, stupid, Ernest saves Christmas, you know, Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I was staying in a different bedroom at the time. Like I said, we kind of migrated just if we got bored in the room. I managed to get one of the upstairs bedrooms, which I was kind of happy about. I figured it was going to end like some of the weird stuff that was happening to me down there. So uh, I go to open uh, one of the doors after watching the movie, and all of a sudden there's like this red light, like a, uh, like a red light that's floating in the middle of the room, and then it just disappears. And just being just watching a Christmas movie, I just like literally just put my hands up. I'm like, oh, come on. Because like it was just seemed like it was just too much. As much as that, like I, I kept on thinking like, oh, yeah, I was just seeing something like the thing is, is it illuminated the room and I could see the illumination that it caused on the room. You know, I can understand people can see stuff, but I don't know about like seeing illumination. And that's been one thing that's always kind of like bugged me about that experience, because I like to chalk it up as like some weird trick of the eye. But like the thing is, I saw how it illuminated the blankets on the bed and everything to being in the middle of the room. Was it, it was dark? Before. Was it? Drifting around, or was it stationary? It was. It was moved like a flare when I opened up the do- opened up the door. It was no longer. I mean, it was only there for like a second at the most, uh, maybe a second and a half, because it kind of did like a small arc, a big flash, and then it was gone. Oh, okay. I didn't tell my 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 siblings my uh, my stories. I told them I was just talking about it on the podcast. So one of my brothers. Said that, like, oh no, he was like casually brought up. They're like, yeah, I had this one weird incident. I guess he was going up, down the bottom of the stairs. And as he was at the bottom of the stairs, there was a, a girl in a white dress just walking away from him toward the hall that goes down to the uh, unfinished area. Just like a little weird waddle, waddle to her step. Mm-hmm. And he it, it felt like it was like trying to get him to follow it. And he wanted nothing to do with it. And just like uh, left that situation. I'm trying to remember what my sister told me too. What happened to her in that house? Talked with her today too, guys. I mean, like I said, we, this is nothing that we usually talk about. So um, she said one time that she was loading the dishwasher because she was older than us. So she like did the dishes. She did a lot more. She had a lot of responsibilities that uh, you know, looking after us because we were a little younger. Um, so she said she was loading up the dishwasher one time and. Uh, I don't know, we must have been jacked up on uh, Mountain Dews or something like that, because I guess we're being loud and annoying <laughs> to her. So 
we were like asking her something and like while she's trying to load the dishes, she's like, I'm trying to load the dishes, I'm trying to load the dishes. And she said like, she's like, I, like if one more person bothers me, I'm going to lose it. And then like all of a sudden she felt a hard tap on her shoulder and then she turns around like, what? And then there's nobody there whatsoever. So it would seem like it was just like a, something just letting him, just messing with her at that point. Right. Um, and um, she had a, oh, one more story in the house that I thought was interesting. She was talking with one of my brothers in her bedroom. He went to go leave the bedroom and she wanted to tell him to shut the door. Right. So she's like, oh, you shut the door. Like, but she, instead of saying shut the door, she said, shut the lights off. But accidentally. And she doesn't know why she said that. But as soon as she did, the lights went out in the room. And my brother's already far exited the room. And then she's like, no, I didn't mean the lights. And then the lights came back on right after that. So I don't know. The, uh, so I talked to like one of my other brothers too. And he was in one of the other area of the basement. And he had really no, nothing besides nightmares. He said, he said the only experiences he had were nightmares inside the house. Did you ask so, any of them if, if they had uh, sleep paralysis as well? No, not, not too much. Um, my father was a, uh, was a Vietnam veteran. And like he had heavy PTSD, you know, and like, I mean, see, it sounds weird, but like trying to talk about that just seemed like pale in comparison to like the stuff that he had to go through on a nightly basis trying to get to sleep. Sure. Yeah. You know, and something because like he had a lot of sleeping problems because of uh, his PTSD. Right. From yeah. the uh, Vietnam War and stuff like that. I wasn't really too open with them too because I didn't want anybody to think I was crazy seeing all this stuff too, but a lot of other people just had very similar experiences in that house specifically too. So now what age did you move from that house? Uh, moved over to the next town over, which is um, Barnstable. And that was a great change. Like I didn't, I got a, I did get an occasional like sleep paralysis, you know, but like I really had nothing weird happen to me in that house whatsoever once we moved there. So like I was kind of thrilled. I mean, new location and, no, moving out of that other house is definitely a relief to me. I think more so than everybody else in the house, but um, I definitely was super excited to leave there. Mm-hmm. So having those experiences, I've always kind of been interested in trying to find areas like that. Like I was a very big into like urban exploring. Um, we have a, and I'm pretty sure Pennsylvania is the same way too, but you guys got a bunch of uh, abandoned institutions when they, they got rid of the uh, asylums in, in your yes. state too, correct? Yes. Not, yeah. not as many as Massachusetts, but we have some, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'd often explore those. There's one in particular that was the only one that gave me the chills was the Taunton State Hospital. And that one was, uh, it was weird because like when we went to go look for it, because we've been to a bunch and I'm not, I'm not encouraging this activity. This is when I was younger, never been to trying to get into these abandoned buildings. but um. This was uh, before we had uh, GPSs on our phones, and like we just figured, oh yeah, we'll go to Taunton and we'll find this hospital. And like we're look, looking around, and all of a sudden I just got that weird feeling. I'm like, it's right around this corner. And as soon as we got it right around the corner, there it is. That was the only one I got too scared to actually go in because it just gave me that bad of feelings. And then I was looking up the history on it, and it was like a very toxic place like famously bad for the way they uh treated the patients inside there like it was uh 
they're really nasty stories coming there more so than probably any other uh, hospital in Massachusetts as far as yeah, that these, goes. These abandoned hospitals are, I mean, they're amazing buildings. I'm not sure how many are left. Yeah. They're the Gothic architecture and just creepy as heck. I've been in the one in uh, Northampton. I've never been to that one, uh, but I know of it. That was, um, that's about two, two and a half hours away from where I live. Yeah, yeah, it's it's towards the center of the state there. And uh, I had a friend who was going to college at one of the colleges there, and she would write me these letters and tell me about this gothic, this, she always called it the abandoned gothic mental institution. And I said, I'm thinking, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I didn't believe her. You know, I didn't believe that there could be such a thing. And then I went up there, and sure enough, there it was. And wow, really, really creepy places. I actually, I went in that one. I think the first time I went up, I went in that one. And then after that, it was too heavily patrolled. And now I believe it might be, they turned it into apartments or something. I think they, you know, it's, they completely repurposed the building now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, it's very weird, weird enough. Like, I mean, yeah, they're creepy, but like, I kind of feel like a piece in a lot of them in a weird way. You know, like none really gave me like bad vibes except that one. Hmm. I even been to the one that, um, you ever seen the movie, uh, session nine? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've been to that one before too and that one didn't freak me out half as much as the one in time they did the similar thing too with the, the the danvers state hospital which is the one from session nine where they uh they converted into condos and um a lot of times it was under constructions they they all burnt down like a whole like a whole big section of the condos actually burnt down during construction and i guess you could see it all the way from the buildings in boston and it was like that bad of a fire wow um but I mean, if you've seen the movie, that building's amazing looking. So, like, all my friends like know me as the person that like always into that stuff. I just don't really get, didn't really get scared, exploring stuff like that. There's a um, town here in Cape Cod, uh, Sandwich, and in Sandwich, there's this pheasant farm, um, or it used to be a pheasant hunting ground. And so they had some of the buildings where like people would sit in to shoot the pheasants at. A couple other buildings are on the property. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. Like it's a beautiful area to walk around during the day, and at night is a little spooky. But so I've been there like a dozen times. So I'd show my like my friends always ask me like to go check out places like that. Because um, we were bored, you know. We were uh, that was our idea of a fun time, just go exploring places wherever at nighttime. Um, we're in one of those uh, abandoned buildings one time with our flashlight going down the stairs as soon as we get to the bottom of the stairs the flashlight goes out freaks out my friends they all run out of the building as soon as they get out of the building the flashlight works <laughs> perfectly you know that didn't freak me out that freaked out my friends um a couple of my friends so like oh, like i'm like no that didn't freak me out at all so we decided to go back there again a couple of weeks later and um i'm with uh two close friends and one of their brothers so there's four of us that are down there and um, I show them around the buildings, you know, cause I know the, I knew the buildings when they were up, they're small stuff, you know, nothing like the hospitals, but it's still kind of spooky to walk around. So we're walking toward the woods and for some reason I got that spine tingling fear come on my back and I grabbed one of my friends by the shoulder. I'm like, dude, I don't have a good feeling about this right now. And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. And, um, no more than two steps later. So we, we all like walk forward, taking two steps. And all of a sudden, like there's a, I can't describe anything more accurate than a flutter of baby laughter. 
wow. that just floats above us. It's like it goes from like one side of our our heads to the other side of the head, like like over the course of like two seconds, like ah, like, and it's above our head, like probably by like four feet, and like we're all looking up, like okay, that's really crazy. So we're all like looking around with our flashlights, trying to see we can make sense of like what just happened. We walk, walk around this area for about 15 minutes. Nothing's happening. So it's like, okay, let's just continue on with our walk. Get back to the path. You kind of have to like do a loop around the area. And as we come around the loop area, the area we were just in is to my left. There's something that comes next to my head and just goes like very loudly though, right, right next to my head. And um, we all just jumped. Like, you guys hear that? And they're like, hear what? And like, oh. and they're like, dude, yeah, we all heard it. Like, it was just, um, it was distinct. We all heard it. It was not any of us. It was, um, it was a weird validation in a way to have like something like that happen with other people around. Mm-hmm. Just something that stuck with me forever. I mean, there's like probably like if there was like a different, like more powerful entity, like it made itself apparent in the most simple way possible, technically, you know, doing two outward breaths for all of us to turn around. It was just a very weirdly weird thing to happen to us altogether too. The thing that I've like gotten mad about myself in the moment was, I don't remember if I felt its breath or not because it was right next to my head. And like, I think I probably would have remembered that too, but like for some reason that like, if I just felt the breath as well, it would just reiterated like more that it happened. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Like, but I mean, it was something we all witnessed too, but that was like one thing that I'm like, ah, I don't remember in that moment. If I felt like anything from that breath, right. That was right. Up the place. Like it, it's, it's weird. Like, cause it's like a, a trickster entity, you know, it's, Mm-hmm. Like, what is it trying to do? I mean, like, that's been one of my things. And like, I can say what it's done for me. Like, is again, yes, it was freaky, but I'm happy that it happened to me because it gave me kind of a, more of appreciation for existence in a way. That like, you, you man, that that's like an affirmation. Like, I don't have all the answers. I'm probably never going to figure out the answers. Yeah, but something happened that we can't explain. There's more to life than I think the materialist plan there. I think there's, there's just a lot more that we don't know. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, like for me, like my, my sister believes like the houses that we were at were haunted me. I mean, I'm kind of like more so believing that there's something that we manifested with our, all our different energies growing up in the house together. Mm-hmm. I feel like kind of like, um, you're familiar with Tulpa's. Right, right. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it was more so something like that that we were actually manifesting in the house. Like, there's yeah, with all those kids of all those different ages. I mean, it's almost like a, a recipe for poltergeisty kind of stuff. Yeah, the only poltergeisty thing that happened to me though was the uh, was the uh, fish um, that, that would end up in these tubes in this tank. That was the weirdest thing that would just regularly happen to me. I can't say that anything moved on me or anything physical in the house like that. Yeah. I I was sort of using the poltergeist as sort of the generic term. In in other words, the idea with poltergeist is that it's basically 
the energy manifested by, you know, kids of a certain age kind of thing. And that's kind of what I was referencing, like with, you know, yeah, with everybody there, the different ages and stuff and the uh, weird combinations of energies. I know. Like I'm always wondering like if this, because that incident that happened to us in the woods, um, I don't know about the, my friend's brother, but I know me and my two close friends that were on that trip with with me, both suffer from very vivid sleep paralysis from time to time as well, which is not mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's not a super uncommon thing, but like having the three of us at least that all have very vivid sleep paralysis, like feels like maybe we're all in tune to like a certain wavelength. Yeah. Well, and that's why it was available to us. Like that like, happened to us. There's something with sleep paralysis and this stuff. I, I I don't know exactly what the connection is, but I'm sure you've heard me. I you know I ask people all the time, "Have you had sleep paralysis?" And almost everybody who's who's had an experience, you know, has also had sleep paralysis. I don't think that sleep paralysis is the explanation for these things, but I think the two maybe go hand in hand in some way. I don't know how how they're connected, but they seem to be somehow connected because. People who get sleep paralysis also tend to have paranormal experiences, which aren't explained by sleep paralysis. Have you ever heard about people creating their own tulpas? Yeah. Like how you can make your own tulpa. Oh, yeah. Like, I've always thought, like, if that's possible, then it's possible to accidentally create one. And, like, I almost think that's kind of what was going on with the house, with the shadow entities, where they're almost like a form of tulpa just from the energy that I was experiencing through sleep paralysis, I could actually manifest like they, they both exist and don't exist at the same time. It's just a get very existential right now, more so than <laughs> usual. But when this, when this stuff happens to you, it makes you think and it's, and oh, yeah. you gotta, the mind wants to wrap its brain around something, but uh, we don't got the answers. We may never will. No, so, yeah. That's, that's, I've had to settle with that and realize that, I probably don't get to solve it, but uh, I still get to wonder about it. I still love it. Yeah. And lo- love contemplating it. When you heard that laughter, did you hear anything else? Like, did did you hear anything like flying above your head? Like, you know, or anything like that? Or it just the sound of the laughter went above you? This particular area, the only thing that I would have heard, which I know we heard throughout the, the night, was um, just some just trains off in the distance because there was a railroad mm-hmm. um, behind us. But, um, I'm I'm not sure if like you you talking about like the Oz effect if the Oz effect happened or anything like total lack of noise if you noticed anything else at all that had our uh, attention and priority right away when that happened mm-hmm. so I don't think I was really paying attention unless it was baby laughter I didn't really hear anything crunch around like I feel if I heard something move in the woods I mean we were so on edge that we would have just jumped out of our shoes anyway so um, I don't <laughs> believe that we did hear anything else. Did it sound like it was moving like through the sky above you? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't sound like one source. It sounded more like a mass. If that sounds like makes any sense. Like, it's not like it was coming from one mouth. It was coming from like, it didn't move from one side to the other, but it was like, a, mm-hmm. like a, the closest thing I could say is a flutter. Right. Cause it was like a very wide source of lots of different laughs and it wasn't motion. We all say it went from right to left mm-hmm. across from what we could hear. That was, uh, I can't put any, uh, any thought to what that could cause that. 
No. But again, it was just like the paralyzing fear that I got too. It was the same stuff I would get with sleep paralysis too. So it's like almost, I feel like it, was, it had to be some type of projection. We also, you hear that a lot with people that they talk about the, think of the spine tingle, think of the fear mm-hmm. before something happens. Like some part of me thinks that maybe it's not so much the effect, but the cause sometimes. Because maybe your mind's in a different set than it usually would, so you're in tune to a different wavelength that you normally wouldn't. I don't have any answers for it. I don't know. No, no. It's what the baby sounds are are one of the things. You know, you get baby sounds, women screaming, car door slamming. Those are the big ones in uh, various paranormal things across the board. So, kind of checks a box. I hope to one day see the bunny man. <laughs> well, if you do, you know this is your first stop. Yeah, so now I'll let you know. But uh, <laughs> now, no bunny man, no, no UFOs, unfortunately. I'd like like to see one someday, but they don't want to make themselves a bit apparent to me. So I just guess I got to stick with shadow people and weird stuff that makes it awkward at parties to talk about. Well, Ed, thanks for sharing your stories. Hey, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Keep on uh, keeping up the great work. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It sounds like sawing in the background. It's our rabbit. <laughs> she, she always decides to like pick up a metal bowl and like wrap it against her enclosure as if she's like in an old timey movie, a, a prison movie. <laughs> Work on a construction project of some sort. I think she's building an addition. So trying to stay somewhat on theme for photo of the week. Mm-hmm. We have a stereo view. He's not wearing plaid, but he is a lumberman. I don't know, though. I think it might be all in the tinting. <laughs> Let me look at that. I mean, he's not not wearing plaid, though. It might be. And I can't tell in that pattern. I don't know. He's certainly wearing lumberjack attire. Yes. And he's bearded. Yes. He looks flannel manny to me. Yeah. Is that an actual <laughs> guy who's like... <laughs> flannel manny. That's, that's flannel man's name. <laughs> so this is a stereo view of some loggers. And some little children, which I just now saw. Yeah, there's there's children in the very, very background. It says, squaring logs in the lumber woods. It's got a flannel man type fella wielding an axe. Another fella next to him, likewise wielding an axe. Standing on top of the log they're working on. I'm not sure if that's the safest uh, lumbering practice to stand on top of. I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure that that's not the most irresponsible lumbering practice either. I'm sure it's not, especially back then. 
Squaring Logs in the Lumberwoods, a possible flannel man on film. Not really, but he is a lumberjack. He could have had Jumping Frenchman. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a cool photo of some old-time lumbermen in the woods. $13. You can find it in our Etsy store. You can see it in the show notes. If you click on it, it'll take you to the Etsy shop where you can purchase the Squaring Logs in the Lumberwoods flannel man-like photograph. Stereo views good analog fun. You know, when the the whole grid goes down, we can yeah. still look at stereo views. Right. You get a stereo viewer and then... A book. And then you pretty much got yourself a day and a half worth of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Just stare at those lumbermen in 3D. Old-timey 3D. It still amazes me that they figured that out so early. That... Yeah, I think isn't it based on the camera obscura and... I'm not sure, but I mean, you said that even like the earliest daguerreotypes and stuff it didn't take them long before they were doing stereo view yeah. daguerreotypes which is it's pretty amazing as we always say there's a photo of the week section in our etsy shop we have a few of the old photos of the week left not all of them have been purchased so you can kind of peruse through and see which ones are still available and of course purchasing a photo of the week helps support the show and gets you a cool new hobby of collecting <laughs> photographs as well so I want to thank everybody who's helped us with that Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of... Dark Holler Arts. You can find us at darkhollerarts.com. Oh, okay. I was going to... The internet? (laughs) Your phone? Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. I know that one. And you can find Stonebreath at stonebreath.bandcamp.com if you're interested in our music. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we are on Instagram at strangefamiliars. Thanks, everybody.
stop the coming fire. to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.